Seattle Overload previewing the NFL draft and yes this is coming out Wednesday morning for you guys but hopefully it will stay time relevant because this episode we're going to preview the offensive tackles in the class and the Seahawks are surely going to take one right Griffin Uh, thoughts on that tie (laughs) Uh, yeah I would say it's pretty safe say there's more than a 50% chance that that happens good about it yeah so it's cool because this draft they have awesome options that will probably be available at nine and then if you're not going to take if you're not going to be in play for the best tackles that are there then like 40 slash 41 is like the next cool spot value wise to be there for the next cluster of tackles because i think that second cluster is going to have some pro bowlers on it and then even the third cluster is gonna have some quality starters Um, yeah to to that point as well griff like that just made me think with the edge group the edge group is kind of like i don't know if i'd want to take one at nine if it's not you know Thibodeau, right yeah however with the tackle stuff um kind of but but sorry to finish my point which is always a good idea but but the edge group in in the in the forty range kind of kind of exciting, and I'd say the hmm. tackle group. There's I mean we'll get to them. There's a few guys, uh, you know I think about at nine, but then again, like you said, so it's a, it's I guess that's kind of the draft overall, right? And, and most drafts are like that, but particularly drafts lacking that clear like there's ten guys who are like really good here. Yeah, we mm. and but. I think this draft strength really is in that kind of late first to dirt, like round two. It is. Range. Yeah. But yeah, the, the yeah. 40 to 41 range and 72, I think there's going to be some options at 72 for them as well. Um, and maybe even 109. Hmm. So, yeah. See how the board yeah. falls. Yeah. That, that's the thing. The way this draft goes is that I totally agree. Top 10 is not, it's not the best top 10 draft. However, there's bound to be one blue chip that falls to nine. Mm -hmm. So if they want to stick and pick, if that blue chip isn't a tackle, they don't have to panic because they, Mm -hmm. there will be a quality guy there at 40 or 41 or even 72 or even further down the line, like you said, Ty. So, I mean, if you, if you think about it, like not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but, and we're going to talk tackles this draft, but the, one one to three of the following names just in all likelihood have to be there at nine especially if quarterbacks fall early but like stingley gardner cross neil ikonwu um uh i mean thibodeau Karloftis. you could probably add in a couple maybe jameson williams like one of those guys is going to be there not all those guys can go top 10 you know what i mean so like Mm. 
if one of those guys is a tackle, then okay, consider tackle or trade back. If it isn't a tackle, don't sweat it. Just take the other guy, that the other position player, and or or trade back, and then just you know be uh, be patient at forty, and then you can go get another guy that has potential. You know, Agreed. So if we before we get into those exciting names that you mentioned. Uh, I think it's worth, as we did with the edge stuff and also cornerback stuff, looking very quickly at what the Seahawks actually want from their tackles. Uh, so we can talk attributes and scheme, but I can kick it off with some numbers. So testing-wise, with uh, Shane Waldron and Andy Dickerson's time in Los Angeles, well, were they there when it was St. Louis or St. Louis? No, no. But anyway, their time there, they typically favored the, the kind of taller type. They didn't dip um, below uh, for 34 inches in arm length other than with David Edwards. He had uh, 33 eighth of an inch arms, but he was a fifth round pick. And then Alaric Jackson, um, he's listed on NFL.com as being an eighth of an inch shorter than 34 inches. But really, they, they want the 34-inch long arms, which, again, that ain't dissimilar to the rest of the NFL. Um, and they they really looked at... Um, they, t- they seem to favor having a good enough broad jump and good enough vertical jump, but really the, the short shuttle time um, was, a, was a thing for them. So... In terms of that, that when they came to Seattle, they hadn't added obviously that many tackles. Cedric Ogbuhe, he came in. He was he's incredibly long, but he was technically like a re-sign. I'm not sure he counts, and he he doesn't have any testing numbers available. Though he had a good bench, that was the one thing he did. Stone Forsyth, then he's obviously that tall type, 307 pounds, arms 34 and 38 from the inch, um, quick short shuttle. Uh, uh, four six three seconds, and then Kerhan, he's an undrafted free agent, so I'm not sure he counts really. Um, so just but he uh, is six eight, right? No, Kerhan's oh. six foot six. Oh, um, pardon me, 316 pounds, and um, he only had 33 inch long arms. But then I think the late basically, the later this goes on, um, the more as with everything, the more lenient they'll get with it. But if we just look for arms, which are 34 inches and longer, especially if we're talking the first two days of the draft, right? And yeah. we're we're saying they have a need here. Uh, it would be very surprising, even for the Seahawks, if they weren't to address this in some manner in the first two days, especially given the assets they have, especially given the nature of this class, right? right. Uh, and then Dwayne Brown, who, again, doesn't really count because he was already there, but he has over 34 inch long arms and he ran a, a really quick four five two seconds short shuttle right right so scheme wise right you, i saw you, you made an interesting point griffin about under center versus gun run and we'll try not to get into the quarterback part of that but how does well, that kind of impact the tackles real quick what do they have a height threshold well so bobby evans uh he had he was six foot four but okay. everyone else Joseph Noteborn. Joseph Isn't Evans Note- playing guard though for them. Yeah, he's been like a kind of a utility guy, similar mm. with David Edwards as well. Um, Noteboom was six foot five, and then obviously Whitworth six foot seven. They signed in their first year of yeah. free agency. 
2017. So, so to answer your question about scheme, because this is where my mind goes, I think in a perfect world, looking at pass protectors, just about everybody would want six foot eight left tackle that is 36 inch arms. There are only so many of those human beings Mm -hmm. walking the earth, right? But then where you start to like say, well, one scarcity, right? But then secondly, where I think offensive minds ago, that's not ideal for every situation is it comes to run blocking because you have to get low leverage. You have to dig guys out. Well, if you look at McVeigh's scheme, at least in, in, um, in LA so far, um, it's changed a little bit with Stafford. They don't gun run. And if you think about the, the backside left guard and left tackle, especially the tackles in gun in like gun inside zone, to me are much more important than they are say under center. And now it's important all the time, but let, let me, let me give me a second here. If you think about like inside zone, which is the most common gun run, the, the ball is hitting backside of the center, like most of the time, right? Like it's bending behind it. You need the left tackle or the right tackle, depending on the direction of the run and the back alignment to get movement immediately out of their stance. So you need to get low right away. Whereas if it's under center, even if it's inside zone, they literally have more steps that they can, that they can use to their advantage. Cause the, by the time the ball bends back. And then if you think the way they block the front side of say outside zone, the tackle, they're not bouncing the ball off the tackle. Like they're almost past setting. They're just turning them out the way they, you know, the they have the running back read the play like mid zone, you know, they're they're trying to crank back for that cutback. So you don't really need a lot of displacement from your tackles um, mm-hmm. because they don't gun run and of the specific way they block wide zone and mid zone in under center. Now, the tackle is still important, but we're just making relative statements here. They're just slightly less important. You have the, uh, you should have the natural leverage advantage. Like if the run's cutting back at that point, you, you have a natural leverage advantage from under center as a tackle. Really, it's the guard who is doing the meaty work to create the cutback. And then you're just winning to the best possible area. Right. That's a great point. Like uh, the, the cutback and the cutback and under center mid zone is huge, but the tackle gets three, four steps before they, you know, as opposed to Dwayne Brown gun inside zone, the first step has to be powerful enough to get control of the block. Whereas mm-hmm. Stone Forsyth, the backside of under center wide zone, I mean, some of his good reps in preseason, because that's all the data we have on him as a pro, he looks better in under center than he does in the gun runs. So, from there, so how they how they roster tackle specifically, I think probably will stem. It, it might tip what kind of offense they're trying to run. Now, like you said, that might also stem from quarterback style. The other side of it is that if you get a left tackle worth their salt, they're probably going to be good at everything anyway. Like Andrew Whitworth can probably block gun because inside of zone the just athleticism. fine, just because he's Andrew Whitworth, right? Yeah. So it's like I'm probably getting a little too far in the weeds with it. But as you split hairs, which you can do with the first three guys in this class, one guy probably fits what they did the best um, in L.A. And then there's a guy that is probably fits what Seattle did under Tom Cable the best. And there's probably a midpoint answer as well where it just doesn't matter too much. And like he kind of is best of both worlds. So with that in mind, I don't know. Um, I think they're probably going to gun run more, even if they gun run less than they did with Wilson, they'll probably gun run more than they did in Los Angeles. So probably they're just looking after 
I don't I don't know how that affects how they view height. Maybe maybe they skirt height a little bit, but still want long arms. I don't know. Hmm. Um, well, the, so the other thing is the tackles on the roster right now. Jake Curhan, he actually impressed. Uh, he did fine as a right tackle, but his some of his best reps came on the backside of on the center mid zone. Right, that was a, he was really good at playing against like. Um, head up kind of uh, four technique style uh, defense alignment and sealing them, washing them down, using those extra steps we spoke about, which under center gives you and getting good wash and movement displacement uh, on the backside of that. And that was Seattle's best run. And so from, a, you know, them not knowing who their quarterback is going to be, like their bread and butter last year was mid zone, right? Like that was their, that was what Rashad Penny was, popping on yeah they had some other stuff like some some kind of counter change up but realistically well not realistically like actually the it was mid zone which was their their staple right so surely that's what you especially with the quarterback uncertainty you you know in terms of talent that's what you build off right this whole mid zone you layer off that they finally found the core run that worked for them and yeah there's moving pieces now like even posick the new center coming in but you'd hope that the chemistry can get to a point where they can they can run the ball effectively. Now, on the opposite side, there is literally Stone Forsyth, and obviously Dwayne Brown's kind of still out there. Now, it would it's kind of good, like Seattle doesn't have Dwayne Brown now. Like if, for instance, if they sign him after the draft, then they've done well out of it because they haven't tipped the hand. This having this open spot, like the positive of it, if you can get Brown back, is teams may think Seattle really needs to tackle and then they just don't do anything and just go and get Brown again, right? So it's kind of, it may play in their favor to have such an obvious area of, hey, they're going to literally start a 2021 sixth round pick who struggled to learn like the pad level. He's six for eight. You know, he, 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 he's, he's uh, developmental really in terms of his run blocking in Stone Forsyth. Um, but then again, if you don't get Brown, then you have to address it. So addressing it, the consensus guy is another six foot eight guy and Evan Neal out of Alabama, right? He's the consensus number one. You agree with that assessment? Um, I don't know if like, what other people, because some people have Ikanmu first, but to me, he's my number one. Yeah. And right. I think, you know, still plenty of people do have a number one, but yeah. And he stands out just because of how huge he is, which is such an obvious point. 34-inch arms, he ticks that box, 370, 337 pounds, so big. Uh, but he didn't test in the rest of it, so he didn't have his numbers. But, I mean, his ability to move people is nuts, right? He rules. And he can't be moved either. Yeah. A movable object. And he's, I mean, like technically proficient, and he's not slow-footed. You know, he's awesome. But there are there are medical red flags apparently that mm. have been reported. Yeah, so that that's interesting because, well, us on the outside we don't know anything about you know we can't judge that. However, Neil is so good that there's no shot uh, without medical issues or you know any potential issues that arise. There's no shot Seattle could get him at nine. In my opinion, there's just no way that a tackle of Neil's profile falls that far. However, when you start talking about medicals, maybe he does. But then if the medicals are bad enough to make him fall to nine, 
then maybe they're bad enough to make them fall all the way down. We just don't know. We can't answer that. But realistically, not a player that uh, is going to be in Seattle's grasp, right? Yeah, I, I think he probably goes top five. So, so next up, uh, Ekwanu out of North Carolina State, and the things to mention are he's six foot four, so that's probably borderline for their height stuff. Um, he does have the thirty-four inch arms, though. His three cone was uh, seven eight two seconds, which would be, uh, yeah, they've they've never drafted someone with that. Talking the Dickerson Waldron thing, they've never been part of a team who've drafted someone with that slow of three cone. Now, agility drills seem to be getting slower and slower throughout draft classes. That's something to look at, really. I as anecdotal, but Kerhan's eight point zero seven seconds three cone was the slowest. But obviously, he wasn't drafted. But yeah, so seven eight two seconds. I I filled that in on my spreadsheet in orange because it's something to note. Along with him being six foot four, so a bit shorter than perhaps said like. But tape wise. Uh, incredible movement skills and athleticism. So, you know, does the three cone matter? He also did run a four nine three seconds forty yard dash, which kind of shows up, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, although he did seem raw in pass protection, though. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. I should specify. Uh, poor job explaining by me. I should specify no. just yeah. out in space on runs, like so. Yeah. I mean, he does look incredible. Like how many 300 pounders move like that on either side of the ball type of thing. Mm -hmm. And another one who, is he going to be there at nine? He, he's been getting a lot of media kind of attention. And it, you just wonder, is that is that uh, reflected by the league? You know, with him being only six foot four, does he project more to being a guard? Um, you know, his like you said, his, his pass pro is kind of patchy. You know, it's quite a high pick to, but yeah, the movement that you know the the this movement skills to the second level, even the third level, just so you know, just gliding out there. That's kind yeah, of nuts. I mean, some people think he's a guard. Maybe that's yeah. just their type casting based off of height and how well he flies off the snap and you know blocking um, zone and stuff. But I don't know. He can probably hold up a tackle fine. I just think a good a good coach just thinks he's raw and let me use those traits. Mm. Because there are A1 elite traits. Yeah. And uh, should say as well, more of a, more, most of his experience came on the left side, especially at uh, left tackle. Um, I, think he, I think he had 11 starts there in 2021. So something to factor in because with Seattle, it's kind of like, well, right tackle, we've got an, an undrafted free agent there, albeit who filled in well. But I think there's, to me, I'm slightly concerned that Curhan's style is going to get found out in 2022. Like technique-wise, he needs a bit of an upgrade there in pass pro. But then on the left side, we've got this whole thing which we've been talking about with Dwayne Brown and then Forsyth. So it's like, where's the real hole? Maybe you just take the best tackle available and figure that crap right. out afterwards. Because some of these guys have played or are right tackles. Yes. Yeah, Evan, Evan Neal is a first-year left tackle right now. He, he played right tackle before this past season, for example. Very good point. Um, so, who, who's your, who's your and next And also, so, sorry, sorry to cut mm. you off, but Stone Forsyth has also played right tackle mm -hmm. before at Florida. Yeah. And 
I don't know. Maybe we should talk about him, but he has lots. He's very experienced, so I don't think it's off the wall if he finds himself starting in 2022 in some capacity. But Griff, let me ask you this: of, yeah. of the tackles that you've watched, how many would you say put on better tape than Stone Forsythe did in college? Well, that's that's where the conversation around like that second cluster that we talked about, because I think he's right up there with some of them. The, and then well, I, the, the weird thing about Forsythe as well is his issue weren't really like pass protection tape right like his pass protection yeah. was incredibly polished like so polished the like real uh people you know a lot more about offensive line than me like for instance Brandon Thorne does excellent work um they're putting him like I don't want to now now I've credited Brandon Thorne and I can't remember but they were putting him like as a round two kind of player right many were that, and and saying his pass pro is so good, like even former NFL offensive linemen are like, oh yeah, he's second round. Right, and his his profile as well, having those, uh, you know, long arms, the heights, the the ability to, you know, four six three seconds short shuttle at his size as well. That's pretty impressive. The, Twenty-seven and a half inch vert, pretty good. I'm here to go combine. So like, yeah, all the superficial things, like oh, even before day, we get yeah. subjective with tape, he has the height and length he has the combine he played good against good competition he had hundreds of reps you know played at florida and then he had getting into the subjective realm he had uh good tape against good competition so he's like a good schneider player. constantly references the uh, game against georgia and that defensive front yeah. and he's right to right like georgia's nuts uh so the issue so, for him was the lack of run blocking in that offense. Uh, they knew that when they took him. Why he fell as far as he did, I there's probably stuff we don't know about. Maybe some, some kind of weird medical thing. Maybe, you know, we don't know. But yeah. anyway, it's a bit weird he fell as far as he did based on what we've said. But the lack of run blocking clearly is the biggest obstacle right now. Um, and... And just learning how to like stick on blocks, how to get low yeah. at his height. That is a challenge. Uh, yeah, he's a giraffe, so. And you don't want to always be running towards the left and giving him the like a kick out block, which is in theory probably easier for his height. Uh, McVeigh's done interesting things with how he, you know, used Whitworths as a as a sort of taller blocker, right? And sort right. of comp. Uh, schemed around his offensive line talent, but you don't always want to be in that situation where you're just running left all the time. Uh, anyway, so so in answer to your question, Ty, even though you asked Griff, but I think yeah, we probably both agree that yeah, like Griff said, there's a lot of the kind of tier two guys who he's he's sort of similar to. I, there's actually I would just, a few drop up really him right well. in there. Yeah, there's a few who match up really well. And maybe a few of them in their similarities end up dropping like Forsyth did. But anyway, so yeah. I think the next guy, now you might disagree, but I think the next guy is Charles Cross out of Mississippi yeah, State. Mm, yeah. um, so giving you the me measurables again, he's six foot five, so that's a nice tick. Uh, 34 and a half inch long arms. Uh, he ran a four nine five seconds, 40 yard dash, which is nuts. Um, his issue, if you can call it that, is a 7.88 seconds three cone, which again, that's slower than they'd like. Which so is crazy to me. It, that, that is nuts, yeah. And, and and 
His his yeah, his testing's a lie, basically. I think. Yeah, he he looks like <laughs> he looks like he could guard a Kyrie Irving crossover at the top of the key. Ooh, like that guy. He moves laterally so well. He has such good feet. Um, yeah, I don't know where that three cone came from. Well, again, I just I I think people just have stopped training for it as much. That's, yeah, that's my, that I need to sense. I need to look at it, but like the historic figures. But his um his weight distribution, his balance, uh, he's so well judged, measured. Um, like inside moves, he's fine. He's he's just like he's. I think we talked about him when we were talking about who they could pick at nine a few podcasts ago. But he's almost boringly good. But I yeah. actually watched him again and found it a lot more enjoyable after delving deeper into the class and realizing, ah, this is what like a polished pass protector looks like. But more than that, his kind of, I mean, a Kyrie, um, Kyrie dialed in crossover. Um, <laughs> that's a good one because his reactive athleticism, right? That's a big word, but well, big two words, big term. But you do see that. He he is he's he's because of how poised and well distributed he is, but also his ability to just re- react like in the moment and and yeah. be in control of his body, it is just nuts. Um, See, I think I think the best I think what would be more informative than a combine for offensive linemen, just have them play five on five basketball, and then you you quickly see who the movers are, because like the skill position guys, they all probably all of them probably look amazing in five on five basketball, even if they never picked up a basketball before. But if you want to find out who the 300 pounders are that can actually move, like not just measurable traits, but like have got, you know, twitch to them, change of direction, smoothness, coordination, all that Mm. stuff, fluidity, have them play five on five pickup. I'd rather watch that than have them, uh, you know, run a 40 yard dash at 330 pounds. Yeah. So my questions with him, that is an obvious one, but before that, I, I mean, he, I didn't see him get like pure like bull rush that often, and I do wonder, you know, he's fairly light, three hundred seven pounds. Wonder slightly about his ability ability to anchor, like occasional getting pushed back a bit, but I mean, you have to give ground, like yeah, you're not holding people, so I don't, I, that's kind of a minor, uh, and then the. The I think we spoke about this as well, but their system being wider splits, that kind of offensive design, right? Yeah. Um, that's a kind of transition to the NFL. Although they did narrow their splits up sometimes, kind of on, on certain plays on the left side, for whatever reason, mainly due to their protection calls. So that shouldn't be a thing. But the fact he didn't run block that often is, uh. Forsyth-esque, I guess. Although there's some great highlights and stuff of him mauling people. Like he can do it. It's just he didn't do it as often as you'd like. And he's he's great getting out in space and he's he's got enough physicality about him. Yeah, I agree. He's just he's just not Evan Neal, but he doesn't have to be Evan Neal. He's 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 it's not it's not like a mark against him. It's just not, you know, he's not maybe a top ten run blocker, but he's a totally fine run blocker. And He's so good in pass protection. What's so um, impressive, well, obviously, like outside of the traits and everything and technical proficiency, but like when he's going, uh, he'll go from up against a power rusher um, one snap and then he'll go up against a uh, 
speed rusher and his sets don't change. Like, so he doesn't, what to me, what that means is he doesn't panic against the speed guy. Um, against Texas A&M, Tyree Johnson, um, that guy flies off the ball and uh, Cross just, he kicks twice and then he reads the rush. And then if he thinks that he needs to open up and write him off, he will, but he doesn't kick out early. He doesn't kick out super fast. His pacing, tempoing is the same. That versus uh, um, the other guys in that line or um, against Michael Clemens, for example, like he, um, he, he, he sets to Clemens who is like a speed to power guy or like a hard corner guy. And he sets to them equally the same. So I think that's just impressive because that just means he has so much trust and faith, confidence um, that he won't get that he won't get blown up by speed. Um, and then also Michael Clemens is a guy that wants to do like heavy, heavy handwork stuff. And he first of all, if he if he lands hands first, his hands don't get swatted down, like which is to say the play strength is there. And then if he's trying to bait them out, he can play that game too and make them like misfire. His like, oh. uh, his yeah. hands are really good. Like his the way he resets, um, they're very well placed. Is again measured under control. He yeah, I mean he's yeah, a really um, good, good pass protector. And I really liked your point. Like he know he sets up consistently well. Like even, his setup point is consistent and again well measured. Even to Demarvin Leal, like he didn't. Like he, so yeah. So to your point about like the bull rush, um, I was, I was hunting for reps. Okay. Who's a guy that really tries to turn it in and just like nuke him. Mm. And he gives up a couple of, of steps, but then he stakes pretty well for a guy. Yeah. I need to watch that game relative to his weight. So, um, like, whereas Evan Neal is stopping Leal in his tracks immediately because that's Neal's game. Right. But, uh, I mean, for Cross, considering, like, Leal's height, weight, speed, and considering Cross's density, it's like, okay, they're, the the strength or power, whatever you want to call it, to, to weight ratio is there because he finds his anchor late in the snap, but he still finds it. Um, so, I don't know. That's how, He can also handle inside counters with these two, like. Yep. He, he, he might be the best pure pass protector. I just don't think Leal or Neil is that that far behind him. Yeah, but I still think Cross is the number one pass protector. Yeah, and it is interesting how you know cycled through all these other names, came back to Cross, and then I was suddenly like, I mean, yeah, this is pretty special. This this is so. I do wonder about how much better he can get, but then how much better do you need to be? Like, it's not like. It's a somewhat finesse, but it's not. It's not really like uh, give him a chance to run block more. I'm sure, like yeah. he showed enough on those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would so would you be mad if they picked him at nine? It, I, I would. N- in no scenario would I be mad if they took him. No. Um, but like it would be, you'd be maybe thinking twice about it only relative to who else is there. So, but mm-hmm. you know, like if if. Gardner or Stingley is there, you'd be like, uh, maybe, maybe go corner. But because the mm. thing is, it's hard not to think, well, why not just sign Dwayne Brown? Why not just do what it takes? Because even though Dwayne Brown's probably a one year solution, that means you can easily get Gardner or Stingley, right? Or whoever else is there. So it's only from like an opportunity cost getting too far, too deep in the weeds with it. But I'm not, I'm still, I'm still going to celebrate the pick. 
Okay, so next guy, and I'm going to take the initiative here. Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, I think on the Seahawks board would be the next guy uh, because six foot seven, 325 pounds, 34 and a quarter inch long arms, four, eight, nine, second, 40, 28 reps on the bench, which he did at his pro day, 28 inch vertical jump, 111 inch board jump, and then a seven, two, five seconds, three cone, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then a four, six, two second short shuttle. And he plays with that kind of, well, it is, there is definitely an element of fake tough guy, which, which you, uh, you messaged me. And, um, th- there is definitely an element of that. And sometimes it's over the top and it's unnecessary. Uh, but then that could also be the sort of defensive preferring minds of us talking. Right. But like, for instance, in the senior bowl, he like chucked the edge rusher right back at Ridder and like almost yeah. broke Ridder's knees. Like, <laughs> thankfully our, our man Ridder was okay, but, uh, and then there's the other thing of penning is level of competition playing at Northern Iowa. You want him to dominate people all the time. I've for full disclosure. I watched North Dakota state game. He did pretty much dominate in that game. His movement skills show up, right? Like he's a really, really, uh, light on his feet kind of guy. Yeah. Um, really good mover. Um, love how he snatches and throws versus like, uh, speed rushers looking to try and bend and dip the, the, the edge. Um, but, um, and he's aware of stunts. Do you, do you agree with the positives? Yeah. The, uh, I definitely see the combine on tape. Um, he is tough. He is gritty. He is high effort, all that stuff. But really, so are most of these guys. But it's it's true. Um, I think he actually is pretty good technique and pass protection, at least with his feet. Like his his feet, he's pretty consistent. Yeah. I do think though that maybe it's just by virtue of being six eight because it's hard to find six eight guys with anchors. But I do think he doesn't have, you know, as quite stout an anchor as you want, especially for the type of player he builds himself as. And then I think he can be a little soft at the top of the arc with guys that try to corner hard on him. Um, As in, so. But maybe uh, it's just a hands issue. Maybe he just needs to be more patient with his hands. The way I, Um, yeah, he he really looks to get hands on early, which I guess, I mean, that makes sense if you're longer than them. But I also saw him with that kind of impatience. I saw that show up with how he turns, like when he's got a wide uh, speed rusher, he turns quite a bit and doesn't stay as square as you'd like and so he's exposing his inside pad to the inside moves right and counters yeah. and all that sort of stuff and it's sort of like opening the gate a bit too early that's that's what i saw um but then that was very that's kind of a hyper specific example versus like wide nine um kind of like actually a wide nine dude so yeah i don't know i just feel like i don't see I feel like I I think he's a fringe first, maybe an early second. I just don't know if I see enough separation from some of the other guys. Um, yeah. Uh, but maybe uh, the Iowa State, Well, the I Iowa would... State game was interesting to me because, um, well, that defense isn't the best thing to have watched. That, that, that was the other game I watched him in, along with the senior bowl. And it's not the best defense to watch a tackle uh, play against really um, because of how odd front 
um, you know, you play, you're blocking like a five tech or a four eye. It's very kind of in a phone booth. It's not really, I mean, yeah, NFL teams do bits of that, but realistically, it's not that translatable. Um, but he didn't, he didn't look stand out, right? Like you wouldn't have thought this guy is a first round pick like this. So, I mean, it's harsh because the rest, obviously the rest of his team was completely outmatched in that game as well. Mm. Actually, I say completely outmatched. Did did Northern Iowa win that? I I was not paying attention. I think they pushed it close, but um, yeah, maybe I'm tripping. But anyway, so well, you're not alone. I mean, a lot of people still think he's a good player. They just kind of think, I don't know. They they just don't have him up there with the big three. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, Northern Iowa only lost by six points in that game, but um. Yeah, he's um, I, I I take him in like round two. I just or I don't I, think he's going to be in round two though. But he's not going to be in round. I think he's going to be clear first round because of his testing. Yeah. You know how physical he plays. I wouldn't hate it. It's just see if Seattle does it at nine, then I'm like, Ooh. and then yeah. I would I would not take him at nine. Is I guess how I, I mean if he falls to forty, sure. But he, he might be one of those tackles, and there are tackles every year that go in the back half of the first round. Maybe he's just it, one of those guys. If they traded level. back to, like, how, how would you feel if they traded back to, like, 15 and took him? If they trade back to 15, I feel like the best player that will be there would probably be Ebikadee. And that was Edge. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I, I just don't want – I'd be really disappointed if Trevor Penning was their first overall pick. Right of this draft, I'd be pretty, bu- I'd be pretty bummed. I'd get it, but um, I think this is where our defensive bias also comes in. Yeah, his but... pad level is quite inconsistent, which is, so is, is a tall guy, which is going to be a thing, right? Like, you, it's easy to point out, but he he does get quite high out his stance sometimes. It's the other thing I've got in my notes. I think I've covered everything else. So the next person, uh, so again, we got a bit of a discussion here. So we should probably touch on the unfortunate Bernhard Ryman, but apparently Americans can only pronounce that Rayman because Rayman Rayman is way too difficult, even though he's actually Austrian. So we can, we can mix a bit of German in there, but no, no, have to go Ryman, Rayman, whatever. Rayman. Rain man. Um, so his issue is he is going to be 25 when the season starts, and he played for a small school uh, in Central Michigan, and he has not been playing football as long as some of these other people. And Although he arms, doesn't play like he do- hasn't played football. No, no, right. he's very he's very good, isn't he? Um, well, he he obviously would have played football in Austria as well. It's just he won't have been playing since Pee Wee. Yeah. Um, and he has 32 and 7 eighths of an inch long arms, which is obviously way underneath that 34 inches. That is a, uh-oh, that's, that's yeah. not great. I mean, that's Despite brutal. being 6 foot 6, that is brutal. Because the rest of his testing as well, 30 reps on the bench, 30 and a half inch vertical, that's nuts. 117 inch broad jump, that's nuts. 7, 4, 6, 3 cone, that's good. 4, 4, 9 second short shuttle, that's really good. So, like, he tested great. It's just his arms are short. Um, and he's old. And he's an old. Uh-oh. The, if, if oh, hang I, on. Yeah. No, I did read out the right one. That's good. 
I was gonna say if um if I went in if I watched him his LSU game and I had no preconception about him like all the red flags I would have thought oh man this guy's like a top fifteen player top twenty yeah player. and he was getting that talk especially before the uh, the arm yeah length and so Dale. I don't yeah and I think I think because because of the measurements I think he's out of Seattle's consideration oh, 100% anyway. because of where he'll go like he'll go um based off the tape like he should be a round two guy right like he should yeah. be um yeah. um so how many years did he play in college here we go um well he was, he was a tight end for his first two seasons at central michigan he moved to tackle in his sophomore year. So last year. So six games in COVID shorts in 2020. Then 2021 was his first year as like a full-time offensive tackle. So Which so, is kind of nuts how good he looks. It's, right, it's, it's testament to his athletic ability. Yeah. Also the level of comp. But then like you he said. Might have been, he might have been like a fake tight end, like a jumbo tackle. Tight oh, end. I'm sure. I'm sure there's an element of fake to that yeah just get him on the field in some way to give him uh, experience so of like, if... higher level football but like he they have a, they played against mizzou as well and you know sec comp like obviously it's not probably the talent of uh, yeah. lsu but still look really comfortable yeah it's just i unfortunately had seen the arm length thing yeah um and you like sort of look at him sauntering around the wide angle and it's like those arms are quite like they, they don't match yeah. his and it does it does kind of show up but then also i heard a great thing uh dante scarnecchia with um uh robert mays on the athletic uh podcast and he was saying like you know basically like you, you just need to be long enough like and the what i took from that was you know length, length is obviously nice like you want to have length but if you're controlled and you've got the guy still in front of you with the arms you've got, like if anything, like having loads of length probably t can create bad habits, right? Yeah, because, sure. And especially in college, you see guys just, they're so long, they don't have to do anything. They just put their hands on people and it's over. But Ryman, I think his technique is so polished as aside from that, especially for his lack of experience playing. And also his athletic ability shines. It has to be because he, he has these shorter arms. Right. He'll he'll be a fascinating player to keep track of in the NFL. Um, he doesn't really project uh, project to guard, which is usually the, what happens if people have shorter arms. So right, he's too sink or swim. Yeah, I don't know. He'll be a fun guy to watch in the league. I think if the fans of the team ends up drafting him. I would go dive into that sophomore year tape where he's you know still twenty three, but uh, just to make sure that he's still really good then. Because yeah, he's not like an sure old guy who it clicked for. But then that's unfair because that that's unfair because he um you know he's still fairly new to the sport. Right. So it's how do you balance all those things? I don't ah, know. He began playing American football, as it's called in Europe, at the age of fourteen for the Vienna Vikings youth team. There you go. So he has been playing football for a bit, albeit and I should say, I'd be remiss not to mention the Austrians are pretty good at uh football in Europe. All right, and I'm sure they have a few American coaches, so it's not. Are you familiar not... with the Vienna Vikings, Maddie? Well, I've heard of them. I am not on okay. speaking terms, not through animosity, but through just. I've never been in touch with them. They so... go to another school tie. We wouldn't have heard of them. Yeah, yeah. 
they're they're down the road from me, like short walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So that's that's Ryman dealt with. Uh, yeah. So probably we can drop him from consideration unless he's there in the third round for some reason. So or fourth round, but he won't. A- Abraham Lucas out of Washington State. We'll talk about because Pete Carroll was seen talking to Andy Dixon just before Lucas was running his 40 at the Combine. I uh, screenshotted that like a degenerate and tweeted it. He's six foot six, 315 pounds, arms one eighth of an inch shorter than the 34 inch mark, but 492 seconds, 40, 24 reps on the bench, 27 inch vertical, 107 inch broad, 725 seconds, three cone. Again, that's nuts. And then a 440 seconds short shuttle and uh, played right tackle, right? So yeah. interesting prospect. I did not like his tape. Um, I liked, I just, the, the main thing I thought was, wow, for a guy of his density and like athleticism, his anchor was actually pretty lacking. Like I was like cave on Thibodeau. I was like, okay, this is a, I mean, he's a good college tackle at minimum and cave on Thibodeau. I was like, oh, this is like cave on Thibodeau is a top should be top five player taken, um, overall. So but um, I, I don't know. I thought Lucas, I thought his technique wasn't horrible. I thought he tried a variety of different sets and seemed equally comfortable in them. Yeah, um, vertical set, uh, jump set. And and he can be square set. when he when he realizes he needs to be conservative and all that. Um, I, I, I actually don't remember much about the run blocking. Maybe you can comment on that. But to me, he just seems like a solid second rounder. However... Mm. I think Stone Forsyth is better at Florida. I don't. So what I really didn't like was he um, has that kind of he has all the athletic, um, all the athletic ability that you could want, right? And all the size. He's blessed with so much size and all that sort of stuff. But he doesn't. He doesn't actually show that. Like he's he doesn't um, displace, move as you'd call it, people. Is more kind of he's an obstacle for people to get around, and often like Washington, uh, Oregon State, even their guys aren't getting like battered. They're just they can't get around him because he's just so big. Like he does that thing that I saw from um, who was I talking about? Penning, but he does it a bit more often when when he's d- kick sliding back. His um his outside leg or his back leg gets quite wide. And so he doesn't stay square. He kind of turns a bit. Um, but then that is kind of their air age splits as well. Um, or what they do in run and shoot. I don't know what the heck. Um, but then run blocking as well. He really struggled to stick on blocks. It, it just looks, he's just an odd. I mean, it's a, I don't really like using this term, but um, kind of like a looks like Tarzan plays like Jane kind of thing. Like he's just yeah. where is the um? Which I, I mean, I I just try not to say that, but I said it, so there we go. But he just like where's the nasty? Like it's what put you? Yeah, you've been blessed with these incredible um, you know, uh, athletic uh, gifts. Where is the nasty? Now don't get me wrong, he's no like he's not dreadful it's just um, yeah not like given where he'll probably go because of the profile i would be like not very enthusiastic about it and i expect it to be a lot more i guess um yeah i mean yeah. He's, he's stunned to wear he he's um 
It just has no power. I, I don't understand it. There's no power. There's no anchor. I mean, the, no the, pop. the anchor because he looks like he has density, right? Like he doesn't for a taller guy. It doesn't seem like he should have an issue with get you know sinking low enough. And and but I mean, he gets he can get tossed around a little bit. So, I mean, yeah. he's quick. He he is quick. Like you can see the athleticism in terms of him getting back in his set. He's quick, and I th- I think he's strong. It's just. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So there are like three other tackles left on the short list. Yeah. So, um, you take, I'll, I'll read out people I've got down and you take it in the direction you want. So Tyler Smith, Daniel Falale, Rashid Walker, uh, Nicolas Petitfrier, Spencer Burford, Kalen Dish, Dish. Can, can you say the Ohio State tackles name once again? I want to hear. Uh, it. I just want to hear. It. Know, I like it. I don't know which one that is. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, pe- petite frere, or oh, however petit you use it. Do you guys have petit filo? Um, petit filo y- yogurt. Mm, yogurt. I don't think so. Think so. No. no. There you go. The hero reminds me of that. It's quite good yeah. here. Anyway, Max Mitchell, uh, Braxton Jones. Any, All right. Of those guys I've seen, Walker, Smith, Falele, Mitchell, and uh, Petit Frere. And I and I think I would I would stack those. Okay, so Tyler Smith, I think, has the movement skills of Charles Cross. He's just he's just raw. Mm-hmm. And but he still was incredibly good for a guy that was raw in pass protection. I loved I absolutely loved him. Like yeah. he is so raw. Like his pass pros is so poor. Like but he still just was, makes it work somehow. Yeah, he was still making it work. Like he had rough moments. Um, Houston was rough. Um, heck, every game I watched him in, he had really rough moments, especially against like wide rush, like hugging hand placement, lack of kind of resetting feet, kind of just vibing out there. But he has so many pancakes on his tape, like legit pancakes, not kind of a fake tough guy. Yeah, deal. Um, so much power, real anchor strength, um, tested he, great, and it shows. Like he's a people mover. Yeah. Uh, he's just a bit of a turner in pass pro, but in terms of his like athleticism showing up and what you could do with that, like wow. Um, and he's six foot four and five eight for an inch, so borderline maybe, but you round it up six five, three hundred twenty four pounds, thirty four inch arms. So he ticks those things, and then yeah, he tested great with the older. With the old um, twenty-five reps on the bench, uh, he's he's beefy too. Like he's not three three oh five. He's like three twenty. Mm. Oh, he's th- yes three twenty-four. His three cone was seven seven eight seconds, so they might be slightly concerned about that. But then, yeah, he, he's he seems like a h- very high ceiling pick, but it could go wrong. Like you, that's one yeah. you take if you trust your offensive line coach. Mm. Um, I think like he's probably a third rounder but he'll go second because some of his people profile. are talking about him as fringe first yeah because of his profile and the fact that he's nasty like he's the opposite of yeah. lucas in the sense that he has the the size and he he puts it to use and he sticks on blocks like he's a mauler so he may not mm. be i mean six four five eight inches i don't know if he is tall enough for them but he has the arm length so i don't know I don't know. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen a couple of people put him like twenty five ish range. 
So that's he's a weird one. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Oh well, uh, I was going to ask about Falele if if you guys are done with with uh, Smith because remember the Seahawks had Trey, uh, Trent Brown in for a visit. Um, yeah, was it about a month ago, and uh, it seemed like they really wanted to sign him, but he ended up going back to New England. Falele's got that size, right? Because he's just a massive, mm. massive, massive, massive human being. Six eight, three eighty four pounds, uh, thirty five one eighth inch arms. Like, dude is huge. Yeah. Um, what do you think about him? Um, obviously played at Minnesota. He's, so, he, he, so real quick on him before Griff gives you a bit more of a breakdown. His um. His testing is weird because, like, he's so six for eight, 384 pounds, like you said, 35 yeah. and one eighth of an inch long arms. Like, he has the size. So, his, his testing is a bit like it's bad, in, but also he's you so much bigger that he's, he's kind yeah. of a very unique case. So, like, a 560 seconds 40 at his pro day, that is like that'd be way slower than Seattle's taken. But then, does that matter? 29 and a half inch vertical, that's really good. But then a 94 inch broad and a eight four seven seconds three cone <laughs> is dreadful and is 5.0 yeah. seconds short shuttles borderline as well. So, but then I guess you discount that because on tape, Griff, he can move and he has moves great feet. really well for guys 380 pounds, like, like twinkle toes sometimes when he gets out in, out in space. And I don't think he's like raw technique, like technique wise either. Um, I mean, he he just seems like a a second round grade, maybe third round right tackle, like ready to go. Mm. That's the thing; he is a right tackle. That also tied to your point, Trent Brown. He's played left tackle, but he's primarily been a right tackle his whole yeah. career. So that might, yeah. I mean, Seattle could sign a tackle and still draft a tackle highly. Like I, my assumption was that if they sign a a tackle, they're probably not looking at a tackle the first two rounds. I could still mm. be wrong, but if that assumption was true and they take care of the right tackle spot, then left tackle that only leaves room for Forsyth being there. Maybe that means they think highly of Forsyth. Maybe they just put Trent Brown at left tackle, and maybe they draft a left tackle anyway. Whatever. I don't know. Um, well, I, yeah. Sorry. What, what, what I would say about him as well is uh, I, I used to write about Minnesota and yeah. um, the Golden Gophers, and they run the heck out the ball. Um, mainly just duo yeah. and tight zone, and um, he showed an ability to get out on wide zone on the front side of that. He could get out there, so again, pretty good for a guy his size. But his best work came on the backside of um, runs, where a bit like what we're speaking about with Kerhan, but it's in gun where he's moving and displacing people. So impressive stuff. Um, kind of a ceiling pick i'd guess because you're like well this rare size you know we can try and coach him up on the things like i think his feet occasionally died on him even though they're still light and good and he kind of gets out really wide to wide speed rush and that can leave him susceptible to the inside move yeah. and he's still a big dude so reactive athleticism wise it's not always there but can you work with that i'm sure you can like and, everyone's and- beating the nfl like like you said, they ran the ball a lot. He doesn't have a lot of reps. So he is there is rawness there. So he needs mm. some experience. And there. a lot but, of a lot of RPO if it wasn't, you know, a run. Like the pass game was right. basically RPO 
Right. So like I'm watching, I'm, I'm hunting for like the pure pass sets. I'm like, okay, this isn't too, like he's not one of those tackles who just doesn't seem to have a plan or know what he's doing. Like he seemed fairly confident in it. So, um, yeah. Um, last guy, Rashid Walker. Yes. He, I actually liked him a lot. His Michigan game, I think is incredible, but then like three, four weeks preceding, he actually looks pretty bad against OSU. He gets uh, he gets whooped by um, Harrison and Tyreek Smith. But like those guys are, those guys want to corner hard. They want to jab step, make bait out hands, and then swipe them away. Some sort of chop move to get clean. And he routinely was just giving giving up his arms. Yeah, he against... that's that's a big thing. He's a big um, two hand striker, right? Like, he is. But he then really against like... Michigan, he's way more patient. And he's using the same like set mm. technique with his feet. He's kick stepping twice. And then against Michigan, he's just patient and he is handling Hutchinson and Ojibo until like late in the fourth quarter. Ojibo actually of the two was the one started to like speed to power him actually a little bit. But based off so the we- Michigan game alone, I would take him. I wouldn't I would take him in the back of the first if I was a team picking there. So in the Ohio State game with Russia's flashing hands to try and get him to go early. Um, a little bit. I think he just wanted – I think, actually, I was so puzzled by it. He was just wanting to get his hands on them, period, to, like, run them off. Mm. It so, sounds like the, the Auburn game, was, which I watched, was kind of a middle ground of the two experiences, you know? He he, is re- he looked, what I saw, quite inconsistent. Um, that's his that thing, piece, man. His landmarks, he, even his aiming points climbing, because he can move people in the run game, but his aiming points are like, eh. Like, so I think that leverage. comes down to – He's not raw in the sense that he doesn't know what he's doing. I think he just needs to be honed and have the right coaching staff to like make mm-hmm. sure he's not trying things he shouldn't. Should um, say thirty-three and five-eighth of an inch long arms. That is below thirty-four inches if you're a mathematics wizard. So there you go. Um, but I like him a lot, though, and I would be ecstatic if he was the only tackle they got out of this draft. If they just stuck and put, picked at forty, forty-one, I'd be. I'd be cool with it. Left tackle, I mean. Because his, his vertical set's comfortable as well, right? Like, he's speedy in it. It's just he's just going to the wrong point sometimes. Like, he needs to kind of pick his depth better, I'd say. I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, he's strong, too. I mean, he has an okay – he's a good anchor, I think. I, I think yeah. he could I think he could be a franchise left tackle if he develops the way he needs to, so. Well, there you go. So that's 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 tackle overload. Uh, a few names we didn't mention. Um, I don't like Petit Frere, by the way. No, Max Mitchell tested bad. I like Mitchell though. I, he's so much more athletic than his combine. He had to have been hurt. It makes no sense. Thirty-three and a half inch long arms probably hurt. Yeah, he he's he's um probably a third he's, the, he's the quick quick feet guy, right? Very, I mean, very quick feet, but his combine, he's like one of the worst testers ever. So, yeah, something maybe. had to been. Yeah. But I think uh, he's a third rounder, though. Someone to look for is Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah. I watched, uh, managed to get Southern Utah film. Don't ask why. Uh, six foot five, a quarter and a quarter of an inch, uh, 35 and three eighths of an inch long arms. He uh, really struggles to sink, so he lacks power. He's all upper body, questionable anchor, but good sets, kind of high, real interest in day three kind of developmental project, I'd say. Although he could go higher because that is kind of nuts measurables-wise. And then 
I wanted to talk about finally Bamadile Oleseni out of Utah, who is British and played for the London Blitz, and he's 27. But he's six foot seven, three hundred thirty-nine pounds, with thirty-six and a quarter inch arms. Get him into camp. Get him into camp. Make get a twenty-seven-year-old left tackle. <laughs> is he there's a few un- other interesting. Is he players. an undrafted candidate? Like yeah, signing? yeah, he'll yeah, be undrafted. Yeah, twenty-seven. But, but um, <laughs> Brand Matt, what, of offensive tackles. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> be nice. Be nice. Okay, so then, and then there's uh, some other names. Matt Wallets go out of North Dakota, and David Cochran out of Georgia Tech. I'd say keep an eye on them because they're tall and long, kind of day three undrafted guys who Seattle will take a flyer on. All right. Cool. Cool. There we go. Enjoy the draft. We'll be back with a live reaction, though whether that's actually live, we'll figure that out. I'll maybe patch into a sort of uh, Matty's monster kind of episode. But yeah. All right. Peace out. Peace out. Thanks for watching. Like, share, subscribe, retweet.